Welcome to the Celebration Sessions podcast with me, Connor Clear. The Celebration Sessions is a podcast unpacking life, loss and love. As a celebrant, I want to learn more about how we celebrate, how we fall in love, how we mark the important occasions and how we can better talk about the inevitable loss we'll meet along the way. This is my look at the beauty of it all. And really, it's a reminder of how important it is now more than ever to celebrate. So thanks for joining me on the Celebration Sessions podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is that you're listening to this podcast. You're very welcome to the Celebration Sessions, where, of course, uh, we look at different ways we celebrate. And this time around, we're looking at a new celebration that I'm very excited to share with the listener. As Ireland has seen some massive cultural shifts over the years, many parents have been looking for alternatives to various occasions in their children's lives. And taking religion out of celebration has opened up a world of choice uh, for many parents um, when it comes to naming ceremonies, for example. And now the Irish Ethical Celebrant Society has created ceremonies which focus on children of different ages who are not participating in First Communion or Confirmation ceremonies. It's been an exciting project for the Society as the IECS created their Milestone Ceremonies and Stepping Stone Ceremonies. So, to delve into this a little bit more, I've got two fellow ethical celebrants uh, with me. We've got Dermot Langham uh, from Westport, representing, I think you could say, the Northwest Coast, and then from Coastal Ceremonies in the lovely County of Clare, uh, representing uh, the West Coast, we've got Clara Malone. Uh, how are you doing, guys? We're fine. Hi. We're both on the Wild Atlantic Way. Indeed, indeed. And lovely parts of the country as well. In fact, Dermot, I'll come to you first. How is everything across your part, at least, of the Wild Atlantic Way? It's busy. It's busy. I mean, summer has been very busy and uh, we've done a couple of uh, good weddings, especially outdoor weddings. So it was good. Things are kicking back off mm. back again, you know, so it's good. Yeah, kicking back off again. It is nice to see, nice to hear, and nice to be involved in it myself. Um, Clara, I presume it's similar for you as well, I imagine. Yeah, it's been great. I think since June, since um, I can't remember what lockdown it was lifted, uh, we've been pretty busy. So it's been great. And like Dermot, lots of outdoor ceremonies. The weather has been pretty good. So it's been, yeah, we've we've been able to stick with our plan A's for most outdoor ceremonies this year. So it's been, um, yeah, a great few months. I'm just delighted to be back yeah. officiating yeah. and celebrating again. Exactly, exactly. And of course, we didn't waste our lockdown time. Um, we in the IACS were very productive, the three of us. Um, I think it's fair to say we were part of a larger, uh, what you might call a, a, a subcommittee, a wonderful group of celebrants who got together and looked into this idea of how we can best celebrate children of various ages, but mostly, I guess, aimed towards uh, communion and uh, and confirmation age. I have to say, I really enjoyed being on the team. And, and in fact, Clara, I might start with you. I think you were, to be fair, a wonderful driving force uh, for the team. And I, I really enjoyed working with you. It was very interesting. Yeah, it was. It was great. It was a great team of people. And it's, it's, it's interesting when we were that big, quieter. Yeah, we definitely used the time. It's been something I've been thinking about for a few years, 
And when we were all chatting about it, it seemed to be something that a lot of people were thinking about too, because as we've seen the baby naming ceremonies becoming more popular, um, it all feeds in. And I know we all have different experiences of, of primary school, be it our own kids, nephews, nieces, children of friends, etc. But for me, I, I really feel or felt and still do feel that th- there is a rising number of children in second class and sixth class who aren't partaking in Holy Communion or Confirmation. I think there's around 70,000 students in second class and similar numbers in sixth class. And while we don't know the exact numbers of, of children who don't partake, there are many and it's growing all the time. So I had spoken to a few friends whose children weren't partaking and asking them what their kids were doing. And well, some teachers are amazing. And there was other projects that those children worked on. For some others, they they weren't involved in anything um, and were either, you know, sitting down quietly, maybe reading. So it was just something that was always in my mind that I'd love to do something for those children who may or otherwise feel excluded. And that's when we all got together and really kind of delved a bit deeper into what can we do for children who aren't going to partake in Holy Communion and Confirmation so that everyone has a choice yeah. and no one is excluded. Yeah. And I think that was the main the main thing. So it was, yeah, it was it was great. And Connor, your um, deep dive into the historical context <laughs> of coming of age ceremonies was a huge eye opener. Oh, stop. I remember that. You did remember <laughs> no. Um, okay, so I was tasked with looking into uh, the history, I guess, of different uh, coming-of-age ceremonies. It was myself, Clara, and, and Caroline, I think, as well. And um, we had this little Zoom where I was going to report back my findings. And I'm so sorry. I think I took up the whole Zoom with this hour-long presentation of the history. Oh, my word. Never apologise. I've, <laughs> I've missed presentations in PowerPoint after working in an environment where it was a daily occurrence. So I was, yeah, right. uh, I was delighted and I learned a lot. So, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a really interesting... You did a huge amount of research, didn't you? What's great about it is, and Connor, you have a lot more context about it too was that we we're not creating something new mm, this is yeah, around yeah, for yeah. like what how many years oh Se- t- tens of thousands about seventy thousand yeah. years if i remember and, and, and to be fair that was something that resonated with me then in in doing that research we're not reinventing the wheel here and i think culturally in ireland certainly over the the recent past let's just say we've gotten used to one way of doing things and I think that's why this project with the IECS is so exciting that we can now start to offer something different you know choice um but yes it was fun to look at the history of coming of age there are records of of, of different coming of age ceremonies through um Viking Celtic history uh, through ancient Rome Greece and Egypt um one of my favorite discoveries which I'll share with you uh, was the Aboriginals who invented the bumps. So for any kid in school, it probably doesn't happen anymore with health and safety, but for kids who get the bumps in school on their birthday, uh, that was actually an Aboriginal ritual for kids who uh, who came of age. Um, But no, it was very interesting and I did enjoy enjoy doing that. Um, But again, the most important thing that came up was we're not reinventing the wheel here. We're, we're, We're simply bringing to the table no. choice. Um, Dermot, did, did you catch my PowerPoints across the various presentations yeah, of the group? it was amazing, amazing. You did a huge amount of work, you know, 
you really dug deep and got a lot of information, you know, and uh, I learned a lot from it. I'm sure all the celebrants will as well. Yeah. No, I, I just wanted to bring you into the conversation there. I wasn't f- fishing for compliments or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. You didn't. Another thing we... The other thing, huge thing we talked about as well was when we're talking about not reinventing the wheel is we're not also creating additional, you know, teachers in schools have a lot to be doing. And, and yes. there's already a huge debate about should teachers even be yes. working on the Holy Communion mm. and the confirmation, uh, how would you call it, that whole program. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a lot of te- a lot of people I was even reading last week, they're really trying to in- ask schools to do that outside of the um, school days. So we were really keen to ensure through all our questions that the committee were coming back with um, that we're not asking schools to do anything because schools have enough to be doing, that this would all be parent-led and parent-led with us um, as opposed to teacher-led so that the teachers can just continue on with the great work that they do um, without yeah. us yeah. adding. Yeah. Very much so, very much so. And in fact, Dermot, I might bring you in here. The reason I wanted to chat to you, you've actually conducted a few of the ceremonies. So I wanted to get an idea really of what these ceremonies could look like. Tell us about some of the ceremonies you've done. Yeah, well, I suppose ours were very simple and basic. It's going back kind of over 20 years when our kids were of that age, you know. So we have three children, Bevan, Adam and Sivy. So we had special days for them, and we called them the Bevan Day or the Adam Day or the Sivian Day. Oh, very nice. And it was because in the school, they, they went to a Church of Ireland school, and kind of some of the children would have gone to communion and that, so so as that they wouldn't feel left out, you know, very just good. make a very special day for them, you know. Yeah, of course, yeah. You know, a chance for them to wear their, their dress, which wasn't going to be white, but if it was going to be white or if they wanted white, they could have worn white. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So it was a family day, really, where we kind of celebrated we said Bevan's Day or Adam or Sivine, you know. So it was kind of lots of fun, uh, nothing major either, you know, but it was like a little party for them and where they would kind of, I know that some of them would have done, let's say, written poems or drawn pictures or that kind of thing. So it was uh, very much interactive as well, but it was very much focused on them as part of the family. Uh, and Sorry, tell me then... When you say interactive, what was the process like? Did you sit down with the kids and talk through how they might like it to go? or Yeah. What, what was the process of creation there? Yeah, I mean, because it would say other children were preparing for communion at the time, you know. Yeah. So we took time to, with our children just to talk about what they'd like to do on the day and make it a special day for them, you know. So they had their own input of whether it was going to be writing poetry little poems or little rhymes or that kind of thing or creating very pictures nice. or artwork, you know. So it was, they were very much involved in it very as well. Very nice, you know? very nice. And tell me then, what did they do on the day? Was there poetry or were there different elements yeah, that you would poetry, have included then? Poetry, they brought and showed us their pictures and their creations. Uh, one of our children is quite into uh, dance, so she did her dance and her performance and things like that. Uh, some of their friends came along as well. So it was, a, it was a nice day, but it was very much focused and on And Dermot, can I ask, did you speak or did you say anything? Did, was there a, did you speak about the kids to them or was there any adult input? Uh, just uh, just um, a little, you know, we just kind of spoke about, you know, how they, how they were progressing and that kind of thing, you know, and uh, 
you know, it was, it was quite simple because, I mean, it's gone back nearly 20 years ago at this stage, you know, and uh, it was just an alternative and something that was different to what the other children were doing because they were all kind of getting dressed up in their white dresses and going yeah. out having parties and that kind of thing, you know, so See, course, just so yeah. that they wouldn't be left out, you know. And in fact, that is something that resonates with me a little bit because I know from chatting to a few people who missed their confirmations and communions due, of course, to the pandemic, I said to them, look, myself and the IECS yeah. are working on this. And they say, oh, no, we think we'd like to, we'd like them to do it with the rest of their class. And I get a sense from you, Dermot, that your children's friends became involved and attended as well. And they were able to share the day with their friends. Yeah, they were indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it wasn't done in isolation, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Their best friends were, were brought along as well, you know. So it's very much kind of... Uh, they might still was showing off on the day, you know, because yeah. <laughs> the other children had shown off on their day, you know. So it was very much kind of, you know, been out there and been proud, you know. Yeah. I love that idea of their friends coming because we had that debate as well about, you know, when you would have, so say there was a, a group and there was one or two children who weren't making their Holy Communion or Confirmation, when would you have their ceremony? We were saying, well, look, whenever it would suit because for some children, they may want it on the same day as the actual church mass is happening um and then you know a lot of hotels have parties yeah. and tables afterwards maybe they could join their friends after or for some they may want to have it on a different day and invite their friends who may have already made their holy communion or confirmation to come to their day um so it really is again all depending because you may have we were talking about this as well you may have a ceremony with one child like you would have had dermot with, with, with your kids or you may actually take a group of maybe there might be five or six kids who may all decide they'd like to do something because the other 20 are making their communion or confirmation um, and you would do do a group. So, um, but either way, one of our themes that we talk, talk about is that friendship piece. And I just think it's really nice that they got to share that day. And I'm sure their friends thought it was fabulous as well. Uh, a chance to, to get dressed up and uh, have a bit of fun and showcase your talents is, is always a good day. Yeah, I think it was important really that their friends were part of it as well, you know, so they could see that we weren't people with horns, you know what I mean? <laughs> we, were, we were normal people doing normal things, you know, but just because we didn't do communion, yeah. we were normal. We were and okay. in fact, Dermot, just to confirm, your children at this stage were communion age, so this was in place of a communion. Yeah, they were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah because I know... Tune. As we, as a team, unpacked this and we tried to understand, obviously, the what, the where, the why, the how, um, we tried to differentiate them between the stepping stone ceremonies and the milestone ceremonies, milestone ceremonies being aimed then at older children. But actually what became very clear early on was the flexibility in how they can be celebrated and carried out. Yeah. And I think that's what's brilliant. We we know already from our work as as wedding and funeral celebrants that the, the key word we we say a lot, I think, is choice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is brilliant. And we're all about couples and families having choice. And this is just adding to that. So we could have, you know, we're we're saying we 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 create the ceremonies aimed at communion age. And confirmation age, which is eight, nine-year-olds, 12, 13-year-olds. But we're not bound by that. It's whatever suits a family, whatever suits a a, a child, whatever situation a family is in and what they might like to do. So we're really not bound by that. It's just a structure for us to start working 
working with. And that's what I love about it. And again, there's choice within that too, in terms of it's going to be an individual child, a group, whatever it may be. And that's why we say it's parent led, like Dermot, when when, when you did it 20 years ago, you know, but but you get the input from the child. Mm. And then we as celebrants are there because of our experience, our training, all the different ideas we have, we're there to put a framework around that and, um, and just create something that has the child front and center, which, which, which is the key and just really make it about them. And I think there are some really nice elements then that can be put into really both the different uh, ceremonies for the different ages. They're so customizable. Um, When we were going through it, I found it really lovely to explore different themes, for example, that can be introduced depending on the interests of each child. There's, I know we talked about community and charity, the environments, they can really be tailored to the children i love those ideas because i see with my own children um they're coming home from school talking about environmental issues they're talking about charity initiatives that they're doing in school and it's just forefront of their minds and that's when we talked about it we thought yeah absolutely we want to encourage and bring in maybe writing a poem yeah. doing a dance yes, yes, yes. singing whatever their talents are playing the guitar but, but then we, we also want to explore those other themes and, and, and around the community. So maybe they decide to do a 3K fun run or walk or whatever it might be, or some kind of charity initiative where they decide on the charity that they'd like to raise money for, yeah. or an environmental issue like planting trees. Um, and I, I just, those, all those ideas were really important because it's 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 about the child, it's about their interest, but then it's all about the wider community again and the giving back and, and all of that, which is really, really key for those age groups because they're at that kind of exploring age, they're asking yes. questions, they're they're very um, aware at that age as well and they're yeah. very aware of, you know, what's in their environment and their surroundings, you know? Yeah. So I think it's it's yeah, I think so. Um, in fact, very much so. And that's, in fact, within the context of teenagers who are, you know, coming of age. But in fact, some of the some of the seven and eight year olds in my life are so profound <laughs> with some of the questions they ask and the awareness they have of the world they're living in and, and the, the knowledge that they're soaking up as well, probably from... I don't know, being surrounded by adults, probably from what they're seeing on their phones and devices on TV as well. But they're so tuned in to the world we're living in and they've got a real interest in in learning more about the world as well. I find it fascinating. They have the ability to cut through the BS, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. I had a wedding last week and I was getting ready for it and my seven-year-old son was talking to me about it and asking me about the couple. He's always really interested. And then he said, Mom, you really love love. Uh, I, thought, uh, I, just, I just laughed and cute. said, yeah, probably do. So like, he's my he's my prime candidate now when, when I, I can just imagine all the different advice and, uh, and input they have. Uh, you know, even when children are organizing their own birthday parties, um, they have so many ideas and so much ownership of them and um it's to be very similar as yeah, you said Dermot yeah, you'd yeah. phone you to party and the ceremony piece is just the lead up to that celebration and part of it as well so I just think it's yeah it's very exciting uh, you know I mean one of the one of the elements of it for our children as well they all did a piece of art you know and we framed those pieces of art so they're still 
hanging in our living room, you know, and they're a constant reminder, you know, of, of that very special day, you know. That's super. You know, and they're, they're funky pieces of art, you know, and uh, they're very creative and, you know, people always admire them as well and ask, when was that done or why was it done, you know. Wow. Yeah, that's gorgeous. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's exactly it, isn't it? Yeah, that's really nice. And, you know, really, we can talk all day and all night about the meaningfulness and meaning that we can put into this because my words we had given it so much thought and we we've created really great resources now as a group as to how to create these really meaningful celebrations to you know really celebrate children of of different ages and and give them that little step forward in life so there is something so meaningful about what it is but listen let's not forget the sense of party that that well i know i'd love to bring as well you know that sense of wonderful celebration absolutely there has to be the sense of occasion and yeah. i and, and we talked about that at the end didn't we when you know yeah. we would we can officiate this this fabulous ceremony where the kids are involved but then there has to be a party afterwards and yeah, the kids yeah. have to be involved in that too and we thought right. about you know they them creating their own menu um helping with food where possible decorating like that's all part of it as well. Absolutely. And I think where my brain was at uh, was that celebrations like, you know, the Sweet 16 in the States or the uh, the Quinceanera in, in Latin America. Um, but yeah, you're right. And I think engaging the children and involving them in the occasion as well. I, I spoke, in fact, on, on the podcast here before about getting to go to a Jewish bar mitzvah before. And it was wonderful to see the kids so authentically engaged in the celebration mm -hmm. as well. And they were really, really involved in it, you know? And I think that's that's key because in the bar mitzvah, I haven't been lucky enough to attend one, Connor. It sounded wonderful, but they, correct me if I'm wrong, but there, there was a ceremonial aspect to that first. And then this huge yeah. party yeah. where... Yeah, yeah. So I've only seen it on TV and movies and stuff, but like they're yeah. massive. Oh. A lot of people. Absolutely. The party was phenomenal. And, and like that as well, there was that sense of performance. Uh, friends of the Bar Mitzvah boy got up and performed a song, more than one song, in fact, if I remember, um, that they'd written for him. Um, and that was part of the party afterwards. And it was really cool. Um, and of course, being a Jewish celebration, it all centered around food. So I had <laughs> I to be rolled home after it. We just went from meal to and meal. And what about the ceremonial piece of it? Was that, was there poetry, readings, music in yeah. that too? What? Yeah. Yeah. So being religious, it took place at the synagogue um, during the Shabbat okay. prayers. And the Bar Mitzvah boy reads from the Torah to the congregation. And so the idea is that the I think Bar Mitzvah translates from Hebrew, I think, son of the commandments, I think. So very similar, actually, to the confirmation and yeah. the terminology, in fact. But the big thing was the fact that he reads from the Torah to the congregation, I think, for the first time. And as well, okay. actually, I'm thinking now, to see the lad whose Bar Mitzvah it was, they're 13 at the time, and it marks their 13th birthday. He was so competent and confident and again, I use that word engaged, like he really wanted to do well at what it was he was doing. And for me to be sitting in the synagogue looking at it, I thought, this is really wonderful, you know. And because he was involved in it from the beginning, too, I'm sure, wasn't there? Isn't there a huge preparation? And oh, yeah, I believe there's a huge preparation. And I think, to be fair, 
I think the preparation that goes into it is quite a bit more than what might go mm. into a, a Catholic confirmation. Uh, a lot of pre- preparation went into it. Uh, so it is that source of pride for them. But like uh, everything, like our own ceremonies that we do um, for weddings, etc., because they're couple-led, they, yeah. they're so invested because it's, oh, yeah, it's all yeah. about them. And similar yeah. to these, it's, it's not just us talking to the parents and saying, tell us about your child and okay, here's the ceremony. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's absolutely parent led with the child and what they're interested in, their interests, hobbies, all of that yeah. and created for them and only them are a group of, of, of children. And I think that's what's so important to be able for them to see then that culmination of all their efforts and input into this wonderful celebration of them Uh, will just yeah. be something that they'll remember yes. forever. And Dermot, your three kids do every time they yeah. walk into the living room because that art is on the wall. Like exactly, that yeah. is fabulous. Yeah, it's very child-centered, you know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like that, yeah. And, and you know, I think after the, the, the period of time that we've all had, and as I say in the little generic opening at the start, you know, how important it is now more than ever to celebrate and that's I think what this whole thing is all about you know you really want to party <laughs> I do I do I'm not going to lie I do I love a good party I do love a good party um, and in fact I'm thinking now I'd like to finish up by asking this question are we ready to go out across the country and roll these ceremonies out and engage with communities and schools and parents and families are we ready to celebrate absolutely I, I think so because you know There's a void there, you know, and people want something, you know, and I think we're ready to go, ready to rock, ready to party. Absolutely. We definitely are. My, my, and I've said this with the word go is I'm, I'm, I really want any teachers or anyone in the education system to realize though, we're not asking them to do anything because I just think asked yes. for so much for so long, particularly in the last two years, if they think there's something else being added to their plate. Yeah. It's actually the last True. thing we want. True. All we're trying to do is make sure the children who aren't partaking for whatever reason, um, religious or choice, is that they have another option. And True. we'd love to work with them and their parents to uh, create something really cool. So, yeah, definitely. Very I want good. to shout it from the rooftops. I'm really excited about it. Yes, indeed. Um, yes, indeed. And you are right. That is a huge caveat for teachers to know. Uh, who may be listening to this but Clara and Dermot look we've been chatting for ages so I think we leave it there thank you so much for joining me Um, and obviously for anyone who wants to know more about the IECS end of things in relation to this because there are celebrants all over the country who are going to be offering all over the country who are going to be offering uh, these ceremonies the best place to get uh, information about your nearest celebrants uh, will be the IECS.ie. You can get in touch with the three of us as well. Dermot, you've got a wonderful website. We were talking about this beforehand. I'm obsessed with the idea that you are the love celebrants. Connor, you have to do a voiceover for Dermot. I'll do a free ad for you. I'll do a free voiceover for you if I want to. Yeah. Lovecelebrant.ie. Yeah, the love yeah. Dermot, I'd book you now, up. but I'm married. Maybe I'll do my book the love celebrant. And you're based in Westport, so you're on the the northwestern corner of the country. Yeah. And meanwhile, a little bit further down the Wild Atlantic Way, Clara, your coastal ceremonies.ie. Yeah. 
I certainly am. We're based in Ennis County, Clare, um, and you'll often find us in the Cliffs of Moher. Indeed. Um, what a gorgeous office to be working my, on the Cliffs. My most favourite office in the world. I am blessed and it is amazing, yeah. Oh, well, look, I'll put the links to your social media and your websites into the episode description so you can check that out and get in touch uh, online with Dermot and Clara. And in the meantime, that is it for me. That's it from us. Uh, Clara and Dermot, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for joining me on the Celebration Sessions. Thank you, Connor. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, stars. Thank you so much. Hopefully you'll come back and join us again. But to you, the listener, thank you so much for choosing the Celebration Sessions to put into your ear while you're out and about or if you're around the house, wherever it is, you're tuned in. Till the next time, stay safe, take care. This has been the Celebration Sessions podcast. Thank you.